It's nice to be back with you again in the lifeboat tonight. Just want to thank Bertie for his warm words of welcome, and it's good to be a part of these missionary meetings that you have been having over this past number of uh, Sunday evenings. And do want to thank the Lord for his goodness in all of our lives and the privilege that we have to be able to come together even in a fashion such as this and to meet around the things of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 16 and verse 6, I have a goodly heritage and something I have always thanked the Lord for all of my life has been the wonderful privilege that I had of being brought up in a Christian home of parents who knew and loved the Lord and brought us up in the things of God. And I thank God for such a privilege. As we look around us in society tonight, we see so many broken homes, homes and lives that are wrecked and ruined by sin. It's a privilege beyond all privileges for any of us in this meeting tonight to have been brought up in a Christian home and under the things of God. And I was brought along faithfully to Sunday school and I was taught the Word of God uh, there and in my own home. And from an early age, I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I was lost. I knew that I could never save myself. I knew that if I were to die as I was, that I would be lost forever. And a scripture that was very, very uh, vivid in my mind as I grew up was uh, Revelation chapter 20 that describes the great white throne judgment and how all of the unsaved will be gathered before the judgment bar of God and those awful words will be pronounced, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. And folks, that was real in my heart as a youngster. I knew that, uh, that, that if I wasn't saved, that I would stand there and that I would be lost forever without Christ. And the Lord burned those wonderful truths into my heart even from a very early age. And even though for a time I, in my heart, rebelled against the truth and against the gospel, but the Lord in His grace brought me to a point, just very early in life, at my own bedside, where I trusted Christ as my Savior, called upon Him to save me. And I don't stand here tonight with a big, a long story to tell you of years spent in sin. I thank God for that that he did reach and save me at a young age, that he saved my life from what many others have experienced in sin. And I praise God that I know I'm saved tonight. I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that Christ is my Savior. I know that when all of life is over, that I'll spend my eternity with him. And that's a wonderful hope. That's a wonderful thing to know tonight. And you can know that if you will call upon the Lord even tonight and trust in Him alone for salvation, you can have that wonderful assurance. Being brought up in a Christian home, I was brought along to meetings every week and to the prayer meeting as well. Something that grieves my heart in these days, I don't know why it is, but it just seems to have become the norm that young people, children, don't go to prayer meetings. I was brought up, folks, to be brought along to the prayer meeting at, uh, from a very young age. And the reason why I'm telling you that tonight is that one night in a prayer meeting, midweek prayer meeting, uh, about, I was only about 10 or 11 years of age, and the pastor came over to me and he said to me that the Lord had spoken to him and told him that he had a very special plan for my life. Folks, I look back to that moment uh, with deep gratitude. It was the beginning, I believe, of the call of God upon my life to serve him full time. And then a few years later, we were brought along to uh, special meetings that were being held. And uh, it was uh, evangelist Noel Grant, the late Noel Grant. And there at those meetings, the Lord deeply challenged me about my walk with him and just spoke to me and brought before me the reality that there was so much more that God wanted for this life of mine, that it wasn't enough just to uh, be happy to go to church and go through the form of being a Christian and, and uh, attending church and so on, but that the Lord had so much more that He wanted to do with this life of mine, that He had a plan and a purpose for my life, and that I needed to yield myself entirely to Him. And I did that at those meetings, the Lord, by His grace, brought me into a new place with himself in my walk with him. 
And again, I believe it was a step further uh, in the Lord's dealings and workings in my life to uh, lead me on in his uh, service and uh, even on into full-time service. As I grew up uh, through the church, I remember hearing different missionaries and also reading some old tracts that my grandmother had from every home crusade. And by these different means, uh, the different needs of the mission fields of the world were brought before me. I was deeply challenged that there were so many in the world who had still never heard the gospel. And it is really difficult for us to, to comprehend what that is like. We live here in the north of Ireland where we have had so much gospel preaching. We have had many churches, mission halls, where the gospel has been preached in every street corner, literally. And yet there are still so many, millions in the world that had never heard the gospel, never heard of the name of Jesus, never heard that he loved them and died for them and that they could have eternal life in him. So many in the world that still didn't have uh, the scriptures in their own language. Bring up the first slide there. And the Lord deeply challenged my heart of the reality of a statistic like this, that 180 million people with absolutely no portion of the Word of God whatsoever in their language. Folks, I tell you, we take this book for granted. We do. We really do. We've had the Word of God in our own mother tongue for so long, and we really do take it for granted that we have it in our hands and in our homes for 180 million people in the world, even tonight, they don't have even a page of Scripture. And I remember the Lord really challenging me with that. And I sensed the call of God within my heart to give my life, to go forth and to help some people somewhere in the world to be able to have the Word of God for themselves. And so I so began the, the, the call of God upon my life. And uh, of course, I was still at school at that time and left school. And uh, just all of the time, and uh, my family and those around me knew that the Lord was calling me into his work. I worked at home on the farm for a few years and then just leaving the issue with the Lord that he would lead and guide and direct in his time. And it was at a missionary convention here in the lifeboat in September 94, over 25 years ago, Tommy Shaw was speaking that afternoon on that verse in Mark's gospel about the fields being white unto harvest and the laborers being so few. And he described uh, that afternoon many different uh, situations from around the world where, where, where there's great needs on the mission field, great need for laborers to go forth and to bring the gospel to people who had never heard it before. And God spoke to me that afternoon and said to me, now's the time that I want you to step out and to go into my service. And we spent uh, four years in the faith mission, two years in the college there, and a couple of years in the work. And then the Lord brought uh, Rachel and myself together. And uh, together as we sought the Lord and his will for our lives, we felt the Lord leading us into New Tribes Mission, who uh, specialize in bringing the Word of God and the Gospel and translating the Scriptures for people, people groups around the world who have never had it before. And that's how the Lord led us into his uh, service. We thank the Lord that he uh, led and guided us to the land of Guinea in, in West Africa. It's a very needy land with many people groups in it that still have never heard the gospel. Um, we arrived there in 2003 and the Lord led us to work with one of the people groups there in that country called the Baga, a people group who follow Islam as a religion, very animistic in their thinking. They believe in the existence of spirits and believe that spirits control their lives and just live in great spiritual darkness and bondage. And they never heard the gospel before and no copy of the word, no part of God's word whatsoever in their language. Their language had never even been written uh, before we went. And the Lord helped us over a course of a number of years to learn the language of these people and to uh, eventually then stand before them in uh, 2011 
to bring the Word of God and the Gospel message to them. And folks, that was a wonderful privilege. After having spent a number of years with these folks and witnessing firsthand something of the great spiritual darkness that they were in, uh, to see them uh, just in their daily lives, just controlled by the powers of darkness, and then to be able to stand before them and in their own language be able to teach the Word of God to them. It was challenging, but we knew the Lord with us and knew His help, and tremendous privilege to think that we were seeing the light of the gospel beginning for the very first time to shine into the lives of these people who up until this point had lived in total, total spiritual darkness. And we thank the Lord for giving us that privilege. And uh, there were a few folk who uh, trusted the Lord from amongst the bag of people there and were uh, baptized in a river just outside the village there as a public testimony to their faith in Christ. And it hasn't been easy for these young believers. And we do want to thank you here at the Lifeboat for your prayers and support over the years. You've been very, very faithful in that. And we want to thank you for that. And as a result, uh, we have seen the Lord working and seeing a small group of believers there. And we'll show you some more of them in a moment or two. But uh, please do pray for these folks. They don't have it easy. And they have a lot against them. They face persecution. They face difficulties. They face challenges. But the Lord is enabling them to stand uh, in their faith and to keep uh, standing for Him in the face of the opposition that they face there. We have been translating the New Testament into the language of these people because, as we said, they never had it before in their language. And this has been my main work over the past number of years. We really started back in 2010, so it's about 10 years now that we have been doing this work. And we thank the Lord again for the wonderful privilege, in spite of the challenges, in spite of the difficulties that we have faced, being able to do this work and to give these people God's Word in their language. John Wycliffe said, it is every man's right to examine the Scriptures for himself, to read them in his own tongue. And we hear a lot of talk in these days about rights, people out protesting and campaigning for their rights, things that they think they have rights for. You know, folks, the greatest right that every man and woman on the face of the earth has tonight is the right to have the Word of God in their own mother tongue. They were created by God. They have the right to have His Word in their language, to be able to read it for themselves and to come to know God. And as we see people passionate about things that they think they have their rights for in these days, as the people of God, that uh, that right that all men have of being able to have the Scriptures for themselves in their own tongue, that, that ought to be the passion of our hearts as we think of so many that are still being denied that right. So many people groups around the world still don't have the Word of God in their language. May God kindle a fresh burden within our hearts, a fresh passion that people might have the Word of God for themselves. William Tyndale said to a priest on one occasion who was attacking him for his beliefs, he said, If God spare my life ere many years, I will cause a boy who drives the plough to know more of the Scriptures than you do. This was the passion of men like Tyndale to see the Word of God in the hands even of the children themselves, that they might be able uh, to read it and to uh, have it in their own language and be able to read it for themselves. And so passionate were men like Tyndale about this that they were willing to lay down their lives. They were willing to be burned at the stake for their uh, belief in uh, the people being able to have the Word of God for themselves. For the past uh, number of years, uh, due to our uh, children's educational needs. We have been based here at home and doing the, the, the work of translation via Skype. Um, we do thank the Lord for this open door for us, uh, enabling us to 
uh, be able to continue with this work, even though we can't be out there full time on the field, being able to uh, work across the internet and be able to continue to translate the scriptures into the language of these people. And again, we thank the Lord for keeping that door open for us and enabling us to see uh, his word put into the language of these people. Um, We were able uh, to see the New Testament completed uh, just over a year ago. In October of 18, we were able to have our final check on the New Testament and to get it finished. And we really do thank the Lord for enabling us to reach this milestone. And it is as a result of your prayers that we have been able to see this accomplished. And these people now have the New Testament in their language and in their hands because you and others have faithfully prayed to that end. We had 800 copies printed and then we had them sent over by DHL to Guinea there last summer. And we all went out uh, as a family to uh, Guinea during the summer. And uh, there, were, there, there was a, a delay with the printing. Uh, we're not too sure why, but uh, we arrived out there at the end of June. We had a date set for a special dedication service for the New Testament for the 9th of July. And uh, the beginning of July, the Bible still hadn't arrived in country. And uh, we were praying, we were asking others to pray that the Lord would undertake and bring those Bibles safely from China over to Guinea there in time for the special dedication service. Well, folks, they arrived on the 4th of July, just a few days before uh, the dedication service itself, and that happened to be my birthday, and it was the greatest birthday present that we ever got as those uh, boxes arrived, it was late that night. And as we all noted them, it was such a joy uh, to see those Bibles there and to know that we could go ahead with the dedication service. Now, uh, understand that out there, for uh, to have a dedication service, we had no uh, indoor facilities to do that. And so we had to set up a, a temporary shelter for the, the service itself. And it was the middle of rainy season, so we weren't uh, sure if we would have rain or if you didn't have rain, you would have uh, sunshine. So either way, you needed shelter. So we put up this uh, temporary shelter thing and hoped that it would hold up, and it did. And then uh, the morning arrived, and uh, we thanked the Lord for his hand upon uh, the service that day. And we woke up that morning to quite heavy rain, and uh, we went out, and our shelter thing wasn't holding up the best uh, with the heavy rain. And uh, we prayed more that the Lord would cause the rain to go off. Well, about eight o'clock, the, the rain stopped and the sun came out, and we were able to have uh, the dedication service uh, with the sun out the whole time, and then it was later, whenever people were uh, starting to leave, that the rain started to come on again, and even people from the village, unsaved people, were commenting on how God had held off the rain for the duration of the service, and we thank the Lord for his hand upon us and given us this token of his goodness to us on that occasion. We had a large crowd that came out for the service itself. We had, uh, we reckon, between 300 and 350 who came out to attend that uh, special service. And we had a choir there from a uh, local church. Well, when I say local, it was an hour and a half away, nearest church that would be to our village there. And it was great to have their participation, be able to uh, worship and praise the Lord for His goodness to the people there in enabling them to get His Word into their language and into their hands for the very first time. We had a couple of pastors as well who uh, came along, one from that church and another from a church in, in the capital city. It was great to have uh, their participation. And then I had an opportunity uh, to share a little and to tell the folks how God had helped us over the years with the uh, a translation process, and then I was able to read to them John 3 and 16. And folks, that was a special moment for us, to be able to stand before these people, that large crowd that day, and to read John 3 and 16 to them, that scripture, a gospel a text that is so familiar to us, that God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son and be able to tell those dear folk that God so loved them that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever amongst them would believe in him would be saved. And it was a tremendous moment to be able to share that truth with many of those folk who would have never heard that before and it was their very first time to hear it. And we thank the Lord for enabling us to do that and giving us that opportunity. We're able to give Bibles out then to folks there in the village who have been through the literacy course and can read their own language. And I just ask you to pray that God will bless his word to the folks there. And as we had a large crowd, just like at home here, if you have a large gathering, you are expected to, to, to cook for them. And it's not just tea and sandwiches like here, but it's a proper cooked meal that you have to provide for them. And we were so thankful for the help of the ladies there in the village. We had uh, 14 of those large cooking pots that you see there uh, with uh, cooking rice at, at, at the one time. And uh, we do, um, we're very appreciative for the ladies being able to do that. And then we had to literally kill the fatted calf. Uh, we got this little calf a few days before uh, the time of the service and we fattened it up there with some mangoes and other things. But um, we were able to feed the folks then after the service was over and everyone went home happy but most of all uh, folks were able to receive the word of God and I trust that if nothing else registers with you tonight that I share in this report that the pictures of these people here reading the Bible it's the very first time that man you're looking at there in the picture it's the very first time he's ever picked up the word of God and, and reading it pray for these folks we desire that God would reveal himself through his word to them. There are many of them still in spiritual darkness. Many still don't know the Lord, uh, still wandering and dying in darkness, and pray that as the light of God's word has got in amongst them, as they have it now in their hands, pray that God will use his truth, that the entrance of God's word will bring great light into their darkened souls, and many more of them may come to know the Lord. We're able to, uh, of course, give the believers as well the, the copies of the Scripture there, here are some of them, uh, having just received uh, the Word of God, and pray for them uh, that as they read the Word of God, as they seek to uh, grow in their faith, that as they read the Word of God, that they will be encouraged and strengthened in their faith, go on with God, and uh, have a desire to know more of God through His Word, and have a desire to share his word with their fellow people there in the village. So please pray for them. They, they need our prayers. They, they need encouragement. And I pray that God will work deeply in each of their lives, bringing them on to real spiritual maturity. And that through their lives, many more in the village there might come to know the Lord as well. It was great for our children, Daniel and Rebecca, to get back out last summer. It was a few years since they had been out. And it was a great opportunity for them to be back there with their friends that they grew up with there in the village. And this is one of Daniel's friends there who is a believer. And just thank the Lord for that opportunity for Daniel and Rebecca to witness firsthand the, the dedication service there and to see God's hand at work even in that. And so we thank the Lord for that opportunity for them. Now, there are still many of these people who can't read uh, their own language, especially the older generation and, and the women who've never been to school. And so we have recorded all of the, the New Testament and put it on these little SD cards that the people out there use to uh, listen to their music and so on. And this is a great means of being able to uh, see the Word of God spread amongst these people and especially those who, who can't read. And so the Lord gave us the opportunity to go out and to visit these other villages uh, when we were out there. Uh, motorcycle is our only uh, means of transport, but uh, the Lord uh, opened up the door, opportunity for us to go out and to share uh, these little cards and also those who can read to share copies of the Word of God with them. And again, folks, I'd ask you to pray for these people as you see them there uh, listening to the Word of God on their radios that God would shine his light into these darkened lives. We just long to see the Lord breaking through in these villages. There are four 
main villages that the Baga people live in, in about a 10 or 12 mile radius. And we have visited around all of those villages and pray that God will bless his word in a mighty way and speak into the darkened lives of these people and that we will see God bringing many more to himself. Pray for those who can read that God will speak through his word and touch their hearts. This man you're looking at here on the screen, he's one of the religious leaders, one of the imams in that particular village. And yet he is very, very open, always has been, to uh, read the Word of God, the little uh, booklets that we have produced as we have went along with the translation. Pray that he now has the whole of the New Testament in his hands, that God will uh, touch this man's heart and draw him to himself and use him in his position to see many of his people there come to know the Lord. Pray for the children of uh, the people out there in the village that God would speak into these lives each time that we go out on trips. And again, last summer, we had the opportunity to gather the children together. We usually have a large crowd that will come and just an opportunity to teach the Word of God to them and to leave memory verses with them. Pray that the seeds of God's Word that have been planted in their hearts, that God will use it and bring forth fruit in their lives. We're not looking for any great quick results or anything. We just want God to bless His Word and cause it to take root in their hearts and in His time that He will draw many of these children to Himself and raise them up as the future generation of believers there amongst the Banga people. So please do pray that God will move upon the hearts of these children for His glory. Pray for my next trip out to the village there. I go out in just a month's time, the 24th of February. I pray the Lord will go before us as we go out for uh, these few weeks that he might use us as we uh, move amongst the people again and seek to see the word of God uh, further uh, distributed amongst them. I do hope to concentrate this time on doing some literacy amongst especially the younger generation. That We want as many of these younger folk to be able to uh, take the word of God and read it for themselves. And unless they're fluent readers, they'll not be able to do that And so we want to concentrate upon uh, some literacy this time. So pray that God will uh, just create a desire within the hearts, even of the young people there, to want to learn to read their own language. And uh, above above and beyond that, a desire to read the Word of God and that God might use His Word to uh, speak into their lives. Pray for us as we continue to work on uh, translating parts of the Old Testament into the bag of language there. Pray for us as we work on the Psalms at the moment, that God might give us wisdom and help. We'd like the Psalms to be available, especially for the believers, that they might have that to be able to read for themselves and to encourage them in their walk with God. Our goal, our ultimate goal with the work is to see it become indigenous. That is where the Local people themselves, the local believers are able to carry on the work themselves where they don't always have to have us there uh, with them. So pray that in the Lord's time he might uh, bring the work to sufficient spiritual maturity, the uh, believers that they may be established as, as, a, as a group of believers, as a, as a church there that God can use to see his kingdom continue to extend amongst these people and his name glorified amongst them. Up to 1,800 languages in the world still need Bible translation to begin. Uh, Folks, that's a staggering number, really. Uh, Whenever we think of how many people that represents, people who have no uh, portion of God's Word in their language, and the challenge still goes out to us tonight, the challenge still goes out to you young folk in this meeting tonight, with your lives before you in the will of God. If you know and love the Lord, pray that if God would, it would be His will that He may even thrust you forth to be one of those who will translate His Word into the, one of these languages that more people may be able to have the Word of God for themselves. Pray that the Lord will, the Lord of the harvest, will send forth laborers into the harvest field, that we will see many more going forth in these days to the mission fields of the world, uh, young people forsaking 
the things of time and the, the, the allurements of the world and giving their lives to Christ and to the cause of the gospel and for the cause of those who are still in spiritual darkness, pray that God might move in hearts and that the great harvest fields of the world, we might see them reaped as people go forth with his word to bring his gospel to those who are in spiritual darkness. May God bless this report to your hearts tonight, challenge you to continue to pray for the work there and that you will uh, see your part in seeing the unsaved and the unreached of the world uh, reached with the gospel for the glory of Christ. Let's turn in the Word of God uh, for a few moments then to John's Gospel, chapter 17. John's Gospel, and the chapter 17. Read a few verses from the verse number 1. John 17 and the verse 1. This is Christ's great high priestly prayer. It says, In these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only through God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world, Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst sent me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading from his word. It's verse number four that I want us just to think upon for a few moments as we bring our meeting to a close. Christ says here to his Father, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Let's just bow for a word of prayer and let's ask God to speak to our hearts and to challenge us tonight from his word. Lord, we thank thee tonight for this opportunity and privilege that is ours to be gathered together here in the house of God, to be met together in thy name and to be around the precious word of God. We thank thee for the privilege that is ours of being able to have the word of God before us and in our language, to be able to read it for ourselves and to meditate upon it and to study it and to hear it expounded. Lord, we pray as we come now to look at this text of Scripture and the challenge that it presents to us. I ask, Lord, for thy speaking voice to be heard by every soul that's gathered in this meeting. We thank thee for each one who's here. We thank thee for the children. We thank thee for the young folk. We thank thee for the older folk. Lord, thou knowest every heart and knowest where each one stands. We ask, O God, that thy word may come with clarity, with power, with conviction to every heart. Write these great truths indelibly upon each one. We ask, Lord, that there may be that willingness to go through with God and to do whatever thou dost ask us to do and to do it for thy glory. If there are any amongst us that are not saved, I pray that tonight that thou wilt reveal thyself to them, cause them to realize how urgent it is that they call upon the Lord May this, may this be the very night when they will seek thee and call upon thee for salvation and be wonderfully saved. So anoint me afresh and fill me with the Holy Ghost and speak through these lips of clay to every waiting heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ stated here in these words of our text that he had 
glorified his father by finishing the work that his father had given him to do. The father had given Christ a very specific task whenever he sent him into this world. And what was that task? It was the task of seeking and saving that which was lost. His task was the task of coming into this world to reconcile men and women to God, to bring lost, guilty sinners who are dead in their sins and separated from God and bringing them to God through his death and through his sacrifice on Calvary's cross and to reconcile us lost, guilty sinners with an all-holy and righteous God. This was the work that Christ was given to do, which he came into this world to do, and which he did do and finished the glory of his Father. And even here on the very eve of the cross, because Christ prayed this prayer here in John 17 on the very eve of the cross itself. The very next day, he was going to be crucified. So with the cross itself hanging over him, Christ, so certain was he of finishing this great work that the Father had given him to do, so certain was he of finishing it that he could say here, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And what a wonderful example Christ has left us as his people here in regard to our service for the Lord, doing the work that he has given us to do. And in looking at that example, just three simple things I want to leave with you tonight as we close our meeting. First of all, consider with me our motive in service. Our motive in service. You know, Christ had only one motive in serving the Father, and that was that his Father might be glorified. He says, I have glorified thee on the earth. You know, folks, there's a lot of work that's done in the name of the Lord. And the motive behind it is not that God might be glorified. And on the day of judgment, I believe that there's going to be a lot that was done in the name of the Lord. And it's not going to receive a reward because it wasn't done with a single eye to the glory of God. Christ could say here, that he had come into the world for one sole reason, with one sole objective, and that was that his Father might be glorified. He said in John 6 and 38, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. I came into this world to do one thing and one thing only, that is to glorify my Father by doing his will alone. I have no other reason to be in this world but that. I wonder, can you say tonight as you sit in this meeting, that you have no other reason to be in this world, no other reason tonight to be alive, no other reason to get out of your bed morning after morning and to do everything that you do other than the fact that you want your heavenly Father to be glorified. That absolutely everything that you do, your interaction with others, everything you do in your family life, in your place of work, that the sole reason why you do it all is that God might be glorified. That God might be glorified through everything that you do. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And the main way in which we can glorify God is by serving him. You know what? Certain churches, a lot of emphasis is put upon the worship. And so the praise band is brought in and they're singing and they're singing and there's more singing. But it stops there and there's little or no emphasis put upon the serving the Lord, a life of dedication and surrender to the Lord and to his will. Uh, give one's life to, to serve the Lord. If the Lord should call to the mission field to be willing to go to carry the gospel to those who are in spiritual darkness, there's very little emphasis 
in certain churches put upon those things. But let us never forget, folks, that worship and witness cannot be separated. If our chief end is to glorify God, then the means to that end is to serve the Lord. Christ could say here, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. To glorify his heavenly Father was the, by doing his will, was the greatest delight for the Lord Jesus. On one occasion he was asked by his disciples if anybody had brought him something to eat. And Christ replied in John 4 and 34, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Just like eating food brings joy, satisfaction, and nourishment to the body, so for Christ to do the will of the one who sent him, it brought joy to his heart, it brought satisfaction to his soul, it brought nourishment to his spirit. This was how he served the one who had sent him. It was his greatest delight to do his will and to serve him. What an example Christ has left for us. Our service for the Lord ought never to be done out of a mere sense of duty or chore or done half-heartedly. No, it should be our greatest delight to serve the Lord, to do His will. The one who was willing to do the will of the Father right to the very cross itself to lay down His life for us ought not the desire of our hearts above everything else be to serve Him and to give our lives to Him for His glory and His glory alone, our motive in service. But secondly, notice here with me our time for service. Our time for service. Christ said here, I have glorified Thee on the earth. The Father sent Christ into this world to do a very specific task here on earth. That task was limited to here on earth. The Father was going to be glorified in a unique way by Christ doing this unique work that the Father had sent him to do here on earth. And this is why Christ could say here, I have glorified thee on the earth by finishing the work which thou gavest me to do. Christ had other work that he was going to do in heaven. He was going to go back to heaven. He was going to be reigning there in the power of an endless life. He was going to be there interceding for his people. And his Father would be glorified through that. But here, Christ is referring in this text to this very specific task that his Father had given him to do here on earth. You know, God has entrusted us with a very specific task to do here on earth. The sphere of that work is limited to here on earth. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Ye shall be witnesses unto me unto the uttermost part of the earth. Folks, can I impress upon your heart tonight that we as the church have a specific task that Christ has given us to do the great task of taking the gospel to the uttermost part of the earth to spread the message of Christ and the gospel to all in our world. And folks, that is a great and an urgent task. But that is a task that can only be done here upon earth. You and I have only a little window of opportunity to do that great task. Why? Because you and I are only on this earth for a very short time. And the people that we are called to reach, the lost of this world, who are living and dying in their sins, they have but a short time to live on this earth. Very, very soon and all around us, day by day, we are seeing and hearing of people passing into eternity. And for every single one of them, every name that you read in the obituary column, folks, they are gone from this scene of time tonight. Their opportunity to be saved and to call upon the name of the Lord, folks, it's over. It's over. 
we have a very short little opportunity to serve the Lord, to fulfill His great commission. I tell you, this puts a great urgency upon the task of taking the gospel to those who so desperately need it. You're in this meeting tonight and you're not saved, whether you're young or old. Can I impress upon your heart the help of the Spirit of God that you have but a little opportunity while you're here in this world alone to call upon the name of the Lord and to be saved. Some of you have heard the gospel over and over again. You know your need. You've heard of Christ's love. You know that you need to repent of your sin and seek the Lord. Oh, how urgent it is this very night that you call upon the name of the Lord because your opportunity to do so, very, very short. It's only a little space of time. Only a short time from now. And every one of us in this meeting will find ourselves gone from this world. And the opportunity to call upon the Lord and be saved will be gone forever. There is no second chance after death. There is no opportunity after death to be saved. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Can I urge upon you, dear sinner friend, in the meeting tonight, call upon the name of the Lord tonight. There's mercy with the Lord. He extends His love to you tonight and the invitation to turn to Him. Look to Him. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. It's only while you're alive, only while you have the breath in your body, that you can call upon the Lord and be saved. Our time for service, folks, it is here and now for us as God's people to serve the Lord. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Folks, the night is hastening on, I tell you it is. May God impress upon all of our hearts afresh the urgency of taking the gospel, laboring while it is day, Go labor on while it is day. The world's dark night is hastening on. Speed, speed your work. Cast sloth away. It is that not thus that souls are won. The motive for our service to glorify God. Time for our service here and now. For, thirdly and quickly, the completion of our service. Christ said, I have glorified thee on the earth by finishing the work which thou gavest me to do. Christ could only say that his Father would be glorified by his finishing the work his Father gave him to do. He knew that if he did not finish that work, his Father would not be glorified. Folks, it's not the enthusiastic commencement of a work or partly fulfilling that work which will glorify God, but it's the faithful completion of it. And folks, how many people we have seen over the years, enthusiastically commencing to do a work for God, they go at it all guns blazing. But then whenever difficulties come along, when discouragements come, how easily they give up, how easily they stop and do not finish the work that God entrusted into their hands. And folks, it's not easy at times. I trust that none of us missionaries or preachers ever give the impression that the work of God is easy. It's not. It's not. There are times when you do feel like giving up. There are difficulties. There are discouragements. But folks, we have got to keep on faithfully serving the Lord to finish the work that He gave us to do. Think of the example that Christ Himself left us. Was it easy? Was it easy for Christ to complete the work that his father had given him to do, that great work of reconciling lost sinners to God. No, it wasn't. It was a costly work. It cost him his life. It cost him the cross. It cost him the crown of thorns. It cost him his precious blood flowing from his hands, his feet, and his side. It cost him all of the cross to complete that work. But aren't you so glad tonight, if you're a child of God, that Christ 
persevered in spite of the difficulties, in spite of all that he had to face. Your salvation, your eternal salvation and the hope of heaven was secured because Christ finished the work his Father given him to do. If you appreciate that tonight, well then be faithful and finish the work that he has given you to do. Go forth wherever he has called you. Whatever work he has placed in your hands to do, go forth and do it. Keep before you that Christ finished the work his Father gave him to do. May that day by day inspire you in spite of the difficulties to keep on going, to be faithful and finish the work. That we might see this great task of world evangelization the Word of God being translated into every language group in the world, that we might see that great work finished. Christ said that when all would hear the gospel, then the end would come. And folks, all haven't heard the gospel tonight. And how we need to be faithful, whatever our part might be, in seeing the gospel going forth, to see this great task completed and to see Christ coming again into this old wicked sinful world to bring his judgment and to bring an end to it. I have glorified thee in the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. God grant that when we come to the end of our days here in this world that we may be able to say the same as Christ said to his Father here. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have lived not for the glory of myself. Not that I could have a nice comfortable little life and things go easy and well for me. No. I have lived on this world, on this earth. I have lived my life day by day for your glory alone. The trivial things of this world, I have set them aside. I've lived for your glory and your glory alone. God grant that we may be able to say that. The work which you gave me to do, the gifts, the talents you gave me to do it, I used them for your glory. I finished the work. And as a result, you're glorified. Let's bow for a word of prayer, please. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful example that thou hast laid down for us that was willing to go the whole way to finish that great work that the Father had entrusted into thine hands, the great work of our redemption, laying down thy life for us. Lord, help us to be faithful, to finish the work that thou hast given us to do. Help us not to be discouraged. Help us not to give up. Enable us, Lord, for thy glory alone, not for what we will ultimately get out of it, but for thy glory alone, enable us to Give our lives 100% to Thee. Lord, there's even one amongst us tonight that's still a stranger to Thy grace. Enable them to come in faith and repentance tonight. Call upon the Lord. Write Thy truth upon our hearts. And separate us now with Thy blessing. Take us to our homes in safety. May Thy Spirit abide with us. And write these things upon all of our hearts. For Thy sake and glory we pray. Amen.